This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. Well, hello, everyone. This is Jacob Emerson with the Becker's Payer Issues Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to our podcast series, where today we're very excited to be joined by Bob Darren, who is CEO at Blue Health Intelligence. So Bob, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks, Jacob. Thrilled to be here. Really looking forward to the discussion. One of my favorite topics are, you know, payers, analytics, and data. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to dive right in by asking you a little bit more about your background in healthcare and what it is that you do today at Blue Health Intelligence. Sure. Thanks, Jacob. Uh, in terms of my background, I've been in healthcare analytics for almost three decades. Like I primarily worked with uh, payers, but really across the entire healthcare continuum, both in this country and internationally, using data to sort of inform healthcare decisions and ultimately help healthcare make healthcare more affordable, higher quality, um, less variable. And you know, I think we you know very interested in sort of the work we're doing with Blue Health Intelligence, but overall. I think I've, I've had the fortune to sort of work across a, a large number, a number of companies that sort of use very complicated data to sort of help shed light on where we can improve healthcare in this country. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's obviously top of mind for all health insurance executives nowadays using using data to get more insights on how to lower um, healthcare costs. But before we dive into that, Bob, I want to ask you, because some of our listeners might not be as familiar, uh, if you could provide a brief overview of what Blue Health Intelligence is and how it kind of relates or, or how it falls under the BCBS umbrella that, that we all are familiar with. Sure. So Blue Health Intelligence is a healthcare analytics company. Uh, we are owned by 17 Blue Cross Blue Shield plans and Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. And really the idea for Blue Health Intelligence, or we call BHI, started almost two decades ago. The idea that the Blue Cross Blue Shield system sits across the largest healthcare network or payer network in the country. Uh, one in three Americans are covered by a Blue Cross Blue Shield plan. And with that, we have more visibility and more data on what goes on in healthcare in this country. And the idea for BHI is if we pull that data together, we bring it together in a de-identified form. So it's used sort of, it's not for individual patients, but we look across those, um, you know, the tens of millions of patients across the country, we can see patterns that no individual insurance company can see. We can identify what types of behaviors and practice and variations lead to better outcomes. So that was the idea for BHI, that tapping the power of the collective blues data and using that to make the healthcare system better and work on behalf of the Blues and their partners to do that. So that was the idea two decades ago. Um, as a company, we've been formed about 12 years ago and really started down the journey of how do we start to build not just databases, but services and analytics and insights that help work with every Blue Cross plan in the country and the association and our partners to improve healthcare. And that's what we're really excited about. Um, I've been at BHI a little over a year and a half, um, and you know, we are taking the, the, the heritage we have of one of the, the, the industry's most comprehensive database around care delivery from a payer perspective and really expanding it to sort of answer new questions and new types of problems um, and working with you know, people from across the healthcare system. 
And so, Bob, you mentioned you've been there for just over over a year now. During that time, over the last, let's say, 12 months, what would you say has been the primary focus of your efforts as chief executive? And uh, can you share any strategic milestones you've achieved during that time? Yeah. So I think one of the things that you know, we embarked on, um, well, I, we, we as a team over the last year, is to use the data for some of the fastest growing emerging healthcare issues and problems. So one of those that we get a lot of um, feedback is like, how do we continue to invest in shining light on the opportunities to improve value-based care delivery? So value-based care is the idea that we move from paying for more services to a a system that pays for quality, that pays for better outcomes. And we think with the data we have, we can work across the system, identify those parts of the healthcare system that are delivering better outcomes that are getting people out of the, um, you know, getting people sort of treated, not being readmitted to the hospital, lower cost, higher quality, you know, they have better performance on quality metrics, you know, less adverse things happening, sort of readmissions I mentioned. Um, How do we do that systematically across all the different ways that healthcare is being delivered across the country? We now have systems that do that. So we're now working with every Blue Cross plan in the country through Blue Cross Blue Shield Association of identifying those um, patterns of care and sort of what defines higher quality care across multiple physician specialties. So it's a lot of technical jargon, but we now can do that. For the first time ever, we're using the Blue Cross Blue Shield system national data assets to identify highest quality care across multiple different sort of um, specialties and multiple different physician specialties. So we're really excited about that. We actually just um, we actually just worked with a, uh, the plans across the system a, 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 in the last quarter to sort of deliver that. But we think there's a lot more ways to go on that. Like, how do we use the data to sort of shed light on what drives better care outcomes for patients? Yeah, no, let's talk about that. What The, the things that could have more light shed on them, um, especially as we go into next year, Bob, are there are there certain market challenges or or predictions that you foresee shaping the landscape next year based off of, of some of the data that you've been looking at? Yeah, so I think one, there's a continued focus on, you know, improving, you know, the reimbursement system and again, shifting to value for outcomes rather than value for more services delivered. So that's one theme that we think is going to continue. Um, and we think there's going to be more and more sort of emphasis. So it's a long journey that's been talked about for several decades, but it is starting to get a lot of acceleration of shifting to value-based care. We think there's also opportunities that are brought by a number of the regulatory changes over the past several years. And particularly the two major threads are interoperability. So how do I make the data that's primarily has been locked in physician electronic medical systems and making that you know, accessible across um, players. So you think, you know, sort of the access to data is no longer blocked in this sort of system. It becomes interoperable, something the federal government and CMS are very much promoting, that interoperability is making new types of data available that weren't available in the past. So that is the ability to sort of get clinical data, deep understanding around sort of what is going on in physician office and hospital system and transitions of care, and use that as part of your payment system, of use that as part of you know, how you're measuring quality of use that and sort of how you're managing at-risk populations. So we think there's an enormous amount of work that's going to go on in that area. And we're just, you know, starting to sort of build our system to be able to take in that data. So that's one thread we're really excited about. The other big regulatory change, which we spent a lot of time on is transparency. So those are the regulations that require payers to 
publish their rates. Um, all insurance companies are required to do that as per um, federal government mandates. We are now working with the blue system to sort of how do we actually use the data that's published and make it more digestible, more usable, and actually um, help people sort of make better decisions using that transparency data. So that is one area that we've invested heavily. It's something that BHI was not doing anything on um, at the beginning of 2022. We now have a, a very robust system to sort of understand the different trends and variations in public transparency data, and then use that to make better decisions, uh, which is that, you know, the first, uh, the listeners that are sort of familiar with this know that data is, is, is massive, it's complicated, it's, it is hard to digest, you, there's a lot of signal, but there's also a lot of noise. So we have spent the first part of our journey really de deconstructing that data, but now we're using it actively to help, you know, the blue plans we work with make better decisions given what's in the market. Yeah, and I, I want to follow up with you there, Bob, because it's such a great point that price transparency seems to be a topic on consumers' minds, on payers' minds all over the country. But we have seen the studies come out uh, since the regulations were, were first established just a few years ago uh, of just the sheer amount of data, the difficulty in parsing that data and really getting insights from it. Um, so maybe you could expand a little bit on how BHI is, is really enhancing tr price transparency for consumers and providers on the ground. How are you helping to make sure that consumers can, can take advantage of this data that is now that is now out there? Sure, uh, and I will say it's a journey. Like this is, there is no silver bullet. It is not uh, a, a quick project, but it is a concerted effort to sort of bring that data in, to standardize and normalize it, to match it against other sources of truth. So we have views of what is going on with the blue system we have the, the data that the payers publish, which we bring in that data nationally and locally. We have data that now hospitals publish and we've started to match it against what is the payer saying is reported as price transparency. We have the work that the hospitals have published and this came out a couple of years before and people were generally skeptical of it. Now that the payer data is out, now you compare that against the hospital data for similar services. Now you see what you also pay in your own data and you start to get a picture. You start to get a sense of like which data seems reasonable, which data sort of tells me I've seen the same trend across multiple sources. Where's the things that are so obviously out of whack that it couldn't be right? And you need to take that and put it aside and sort of figure out how you deal with that. But you start to get a triangulated picture, sort of not with a definitive answer, but you start to see very clear patterns of where there is signal that you can start to say, listen, my the way I contract for this is systematically different than market and I need to start to act on it. And the more advanced plans that sort of that we work with, but you've also heard of others in the industry are starting to sort of act on that. I think most of the work now is on sort of using that to sort of better understand the competitive market dynamics of sort of what's going on in the local market of contract rate negotiation. Less of it has made its way to consumers. So I think when people, uh, when these regulations were written, and I was with a, a large you know, national healthcare company when, when these came out, and we were looking at the, it as well, and people thought that this is going to unleash that I can just go into Google and type in how much does it cost to get my knee replaced, and you'd be able to shop for it like if you if you were shopping on Black Friday, like I want to go buy a new iPad, you very close like here's what it costs, and you get to that level of transparency. We're not there yet, and there's a couple reasons for that. One is like. It's not just one of the, if you're a consumer, it's not just a individual procedure. You need to know what's the journey gonna be. 
if I'm going to go for a particular joint replacement surgery, what are all the costs I'm going to get? What are the surprise bills I might get? And the industry is still trying to sort of figure out, like, how do we put that together in a meaningful way to help the consumers make better decisions? Um, I think we're, we've got some pilots underway with that. I think others have tried to sort of think about that there's a, a regulation called shoppable services that we've worked with some of our more advanced plans to organize that information. And they're going to be rolling that out early next year. So we think there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities still to come. And I think we'll, there's no conversation we'll have about sort of analytics, not talk about the future of artificial intelligence. But I think those are coming. Like I'm a believer that sort of this is a tailwind. It is going to continue to sort of um, be pushed forward by multiple sort of avenues. And over time, we're going to get to more transparent information, not just for those that actually can sort of take the time to digest it, which is largely you know, providers and insurers and brokers, like those are the intermediaries that are using the data the most today, but the consumer revolution is coming. It's just going to take a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating to hear you talk about this, especially because you are right on the on the forefront of, of this developing issue. It, it sounds like, so, so what you said, consumers, opportunities ahead, but not necessarily the full picture of pricing available yet. Uh, internally for payers, we're, we're starting to see a lot more patterns emerge, but again, not, not that full clear picture of pricing, it sounds like. Um, and I think that's right. Sorry. And I think that's no. because it's really hard because it's, that, it's not, it's like, there's no other good like it that you have to, yeah. you have to understand all the different parts of the healthcare system that come into, come into play when you think about how much does something cost? And you need to bring those to be in a digestible way. And some that just it requires multiple models work at the same time to sort of solve that problem. So I think it's coming. I think it'll, I think you will see that coming more and more in fruition, but it just will take time. Right, right. And we've heard insurance executives tell us, you know, providers typically don't bill for a single code and it doesn't, the data doesn't necessarily account for accumulators like, like deductibles and co-pays and things like that. Well, that's, a, and there's a whole other dimension, like how much it costs, yeah. how much it costs me and where am I benefit and where am yeah. I in my benefit plan? That requires a whole another set of integration specific to my current financial situation of, in my insurance plan. But yeah. the, the plans we're working with that are, sort of, I would say they're, they're early adopters. They're actually thinking ahead on the consumer journey. Like, how do I make, how do I be the most consumer friendly organization to sort of understand costs and understand the consumer journey? They're, they're starting to experiment. So we'll, and we'll learn from that. Like, we'll, there's some things we'll put out there, get feedback, and then make the next generation even more digestible. Sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's exciting to, to watch. Um, you mentioned artificial intelligence, Bob, and, I, and I, I'll be honest, that's one of the main topics that comes up time and time again when we're having our in-person Becker's conferences. It was, a, it was a main topic at the November payer conference, and I know you'll be attending the April conference, which we're really, really looking forward to. But I want to ask you, this is obviously a very major topic. So are there emerging trends um, within artificial intelligence that you find to be the most exciting for the industry? Yeah. So I am... Very bullish on the positive impact that artificial intelligence and generative AI will have on healthcare outcomes and improving quality and making the system more efficient overall. Uh, I do think that is not without some significant sort of cautions about the need to address some of the issues around governance, around ethics, around privacy that are really important and really first and foremost. And I think have caused the uh, the speed of adoption in healthcare to be slower than some other industries. And I think that's good. I think it's important to sort of get the first principles right of how sensitive the data we deal with and how the decisions you made with it to make sure that we are 
not making sort of sloppy decisions around or sort of things that sort of just a race to get something out quick, quickly. And I think we've been spending a lot of time just working through our own processes around governance and the generally governance principles of sort of how we want to use generative AI in all and other types of data, uh, AI and machine learning sort of broadly defined. That said, I do think we are starting to see organizations, including ourselves, pilot like to how do we use this data across a range of disciplines. I think the one of the most um, interesting is the challenges we've had in healthcare of getting access to data that isn't in a structured format. So most of healthcare analysis has been done on, on transactions that to rely on payment, billing and payment, um, and, you know, and some other sort of sort of transactional within the health within health systems are tend to be the largest databases to use to understand healthcare patterns. We now have the chance to take all the data that's unstructured in healthcare, which would include for the most part, your benefit plans, your customer service. We talked about sort of where in your benefit plan. Sometimes that's buried deep in some, some manual, what's covered and not covered. But more importantly, what data is in the, the clinical record, your, you know, your conversation with your doctor, your clinical notes, and getting that information, then using it to find patterns to improve healthcare. Because so much around what is going on with the patient, their conditions, their socioeconomic conditions, their symptoms, their side effects, a lot of that data is not easy to get. It's not easy to capture. So therefore it's hard to do the type of true healthcare outcomes research that people want to do unless you spend an inordinate amount of time to collect all that data. We now have the opportunity to analyze that data at scale within healthcare. And that's not just Blue Health Intelligence, that's more broadly to understand what leads to better outcomes in healthcare. And that I'm hugely excited about the potential of the healthcare system to sort of use that data to improve healthcare outcomes, to understand what works for which types of patients, what type of behaviors do you need to sort of encompass that, and what type of actions do everyone need to take to help improve healthcare, which has been an incredibly hard thing to sort of get good data to at scale across this, the healthcare system. Generative AI will do that. Now that's sort of a long-term vision. We'll manifest it in so many different ways around treatments, around patterns of care, or how do you how do you even construct a benefit plan? How do you finance it? How do you sort of support clinical decision-making? How do you support patient decision-making? All of those things are gonna be changed fundamentally in the coming years because of the ability to sort of analyze data at a speed and scale we just couldn't do before. Yeah, so it sounds like you, you think you're really gonna be able to gain access to a lot of untapped, unstructured data. Um, it's, it's really interesting. And I know from our perspective, we've been following along a lot of Blue Cross plans yep. using this tech right now um, to, to either improve their prior authorization processes or, or fraud within claims review. So it, it's interesting to see how the individual blues plans are also kind of beginning to. Absolutely. And that's, and that's where we're seeing most people, most companies start. Mm -hmm. These are starting with not with the, the, um, broader clinical decision-making In fact, almost no one's starting there, but how do I simplify the patient or the provider experience? So how do I digest what's in, what's detailed in a benefits document? or a coverage document and make that available to their customer service. So if you call up uh, your customer service, help them answer your question really quickly. Is this covered or not? In what situations? Um, help me understand my prior authorization, whether I'm a provider or a member. We do see a lot of blue plans and others in the industry looking to make those investments to make the experiments simpler. And historically, and having been on the other side of this at a, at a you know, working a large healthcare organization, doing that historical way was very time consuming, very costly and not very effective. And doing that, of using that to improve 
the customer experience and improve the provider experience, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of interesting pilots and learnings of that over the next 12 months. I think those build to the broader vision of sort of how do we use this to improve um, you know, healthcare decision making much more broadly besides just the administrative simplification. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. Um, but before we go, Bob, I want to make sure I give you enough time at the end here to share any final thoughts, any key takeaways that you feel are really important to hit on that you want to share with our audience. Yeah, I think one of the things that I am um, incredibly excited about is the opportunity to sort of work within the blue system, uh, the data we have access to today, the data we're going to have access to working with blue plans and their partners um, through some you know, advancement technology, whether it be clinical data, unstructured data, and the level of impact we can have of making you know, the consumer experience more digestible, understanding sort of you know, how do I make better financial and clinical um, decisions from a patient, from a provider perspective, um, and then sort of build out, continue to build out insights. Like I am a huge believer that sort of data without insights is just data. And that's one of the things we sort of refocused sort of like, how do we take this incredible set of data assets and put it in the hands of a patient, a provider, or a physician, a health plan, sort of um, sales executive, whoever needs that information to help them make better decisions, put those insights as close to the decision as we can. And that's what we're trying to do. That's where BHI, Blue Health Intelligence, we, we really in the process of transitioning ourselves from a data company to an analytics and insights company and insights that help people make insights that help make decisions that matter. And that's what we're probably most excited about the impact we can have given the things that we've been really fortunate to be able to sort of tap into across the blues. Wonderful. Well, Bob, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today on the podcast. We, we truly appreciate it. And it's been a pleasure talking with you. Jacob, thank you as well. Enjoyed the discussion. Look forward to continuing. I look forward to the conference in April. <laughs> Yeah, me as well. Um, so to our audience, you can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershealthcare.com. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.